It is Friday, December 11th, 2020, and you are listening to The Tommy C Show, a think tank for logic and truth that are sewn into the fabric of our liberties. Today I'm going to share a massive victory with you, a true story of overcoming the odds, an example of what taking action can truly achieve. Coming up next on The Tommy C Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Tommy C Show. I am your host, Tom. Thank you for tuning into the podcast that's become a popular resource for patriotic truth and action. The podcast that puts actions behind words. Hey, I have an inspiring story for you all this morning. A story of taking action based on truth and surmounting a formidable adversary. I'm going to share with you this morning... The story of how a small town in suburban Milwaukee defeated the local teachers union, the corrupted school board, and a local group of political extremists posing as activists who were trying to undermine the education of more than 6,000 students in a local school district. This is one of those stories that is not only satisfying at face value, but it speaks directly to what it means to get off of your couch and take action. It is a tangible and effective example of what happens when you turn that saber rattling online into action steps physically out there doing stuff. I briefly alluded to this story in a recent podcast, but this morning I'm going to provide a little more detail and also point you to some resources that can help you affect the same types of outcome in your area. I'll tell you, I'm just stoked to share this story. While it should not seem like such a big victory because we never should have been in this mess, It is in fact a huge victory in pushing back to the old normal. I'm so tired of hearing the new normal. Let's get back to the old normal, the right normal. And and the actions that were taken will only translate into further change and victory for those of us on the side of truth and what is right. Those of us continuing to fight political corruption and credulous sheep who enable those elected officials to behave in ways that ignore their electorate in favor of special interests. The community of Oak Creek in southern Milwaukee County in Wisconsin is taking back their schools. Back in August, like most other districts around the country, the Oak Creek Franklin School District was evaluating information provided by the CDC and drafting plans to get students back into the schools for the start of the fall school year. In fact, they sent out a survey at the time soliciting feedback from parents, and more than 73% of district parents who responded indicated that they wanted their kids back in schools. Think about that, 73%. In any other setting, in our government anyway, that's damn near a supermajority. It's an overwhelming populace telling their elected officials what they want. Now, you, you get caught in the wordplay of this, and those that are opposing this say, well, it wasn't a vote, it was a survey, there's a difference. Bullshit. This is parents speaking out through the medium they had with their voice to indicate what they wanted. Call it whatever you want. What it was was an overwhelming number of parents who wanted the schools open, who wanted their children back in schools, who were concerned about not just the educational well-being, but the mental health well-being of their students, their children. Unfortunately, though, just a week or two after the results of the survey were released, the district reversed course and announced that the school year would begin virtually. Why did they ignore such a huge majority of parents? Because a small but very powerful and irresponsible group of bullies, an activist group of political extremists with an affinity for the local teachers union and their hooks in the majority of school board members, shut the opening plans down. I wrote about this in two pieces that appear on ExposingLiberalBS.com. The first 
was an October 6th article entitled When Political Advocacy Becomes or Comes Before Child Literacy. And the second was on October 17th, titled Uncommon Denominator. Those articles contain detailed information, including direct links to the local sources and news stories at the time. If you get a minute, I encourage you to give them a read as they provide even more context to what I'm sharing here this morning. Helpful context if you are taking up the same battles in your areas. Because undoubtedly, some of the same things that are happening, that happened here, are happening in your areas too. And I think it's very important to understand how deep these webs get. You know, we were getting, the students and the parents really in, in Oak Creek were getting shut down at every turn. Open records requests for financial information were denied based on claims that the district's financial software couldn't provide those records. Other open records requests for emails between board members were returned with an answer that there weren't any, basically. We absolutely, this group of parents was absolutely obstructed from gaining any meaningful information as they tried to piece together the behind-the-scenes actions of the board and the district as it pertains to their motives for their actions and decisions. There was a clear belief of what it was, as I lay out in the articles I, I previously mentioned. But it would have been helpful to have these formal records, the financial records, the email trails. The superintendent basically said that most of the emails must have been through personal accounts, not on their school accounts, and he couldn't request those from board members because they were private. Well, guess what? That's untrue. According to the Wisconsin Department of Justice, the public records law authorizes requesters to inspect or obtain copies of records created or maintained by an authority. Under the law, a record is defined in part as any material on which written, drawn, printed, spoken, visual, or electromagnetic information or electronically generated or stored data is recorded or preserved regardless of the physical form or characteristics that it has been created or being kept by an authority. Essentially, saying that content, not format, determines whether something is a record. It does not matter how or where the information is stored, whether it be on a piece of paper, in a database, or an email. Generally, personal email accounts of government employees are not subject to disclosure. The exception, however, is if an employee uses his or her personal email account for government business. Any email sent to or from the personal account that pertains to government business is subject to disclosure. Again, the content of the email determines whether it is a record, not its location. And that doesn't just go for email accounts. It goes for text messages. It goes for private messages on social media platforms. It goes for all of that. Now, that's in Wisconsin. You'd have to check, you know, your particular state to see what the uh, the laws are regarding open records requests. But the, the feedback we got from the, the superintendent was just absolutely untrue. Absolutely untrue. These board members of communicating behind the scenes through text messages, their own personal emails, whatnot, all of that is disclosable and should be by law. But it was held from them. So these parents continued to push. After consolidating dozens of communications from emails, social media accounts, and elsewhere, this group of parents was armed with even more ammunition as to the compromised integrity of four of the board members in specific. It's a seven-person board. And as of recent votes around the schools, four have consistently voted together to obstruct parents, students, and taxpayers. Now, thankfully, two of them are up for re-election in April of 2021, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. 
that after attending every school board meeting, virtually or in person, a small group of parents went to work. They didn't just continue to whine on the internet. They took action. They got busy. They drew their effort to over 600 district parents who would ultimately present what you could call an essay to the school board on what needed to happen and how it should happen and when it should happen. It included a very impressive and comprehensive list of scientifically backed criteria as well as a list of what other adjacent school districts were doing to keep kids in the classroom. It talked about implementing medical advisory panels that are composed of private medical professionals from pediatricians to child psychiatrists and other medical specialties to look at the total health and well-being of students and what was in their best interests. These parents included information from many, many other districts and what they were doing. As impressive as it was, it was equally maddening that this particular district was too stubborn and too stuck in its own power-hungry narcissism to take even five minutes to look at the best practices of their peers to do what their primary responsibility should be, and that's providing a healthy, thorough education for our youth. The school board wasn't doing that, though. They were relying on subjective interpretation of ambiguous, meaningless metrics from a health department that was understaffed and only parroting CDC talking points, not looking at the comprehensive well-being of these students. You had four members of a school board playing doctor, essentially, while also playing dictator, and doing all of that under the thumb of a belligerent activist group whose leader was also, at one point, a member of several official school board subcommittees. Serious conflict of interest. And this was precisely why these parents were trying to better understand any potential financial connections, but unfortunately were unable to obtain those records. The school board was sitting on this, and as of recently, they couldn't even agree to a date to meet, to set a date to meet for, to plan the reopening. You heard that right. The four obstructionist members would not even agree to a date to meet, to set a date to meet, to plan for a reopening. What in the hell are they doing? Certainly not their jobs as elected officials. Certainly not their jobs as guardians of education for the community's children. They were acting according to their own selfish self-interests and their own damaged political leanings. Here is the win. Here is the win. The recent letter by more than 600 parents also included several demands. These weren't requests anymore. They were demands, but they were reasonable demands. First, it demanded the district immediately schedule an emergency school board meeting to hear parents. And that meeting was granted. It was scheduled within a week, and it occurred last night. The second demand was that their own previously adopted safety measures for operating safely during a pandemic would be adopted and that the school would immediately enact those plans with a hard timeline to reopen the schools no later than the start of the second semester next month. And guess what? During last night's meeting, the real and honest group of parent and student activists made their point. Not these activists that want to claim they're for the better of the schools in the community. The honest group of parents, the hardworking parents in this community who care about their children made their point. The district agreed to reopen the elementary schools in January, even before the second semester start date, with middle and high school students returning to the classroom, at least in a hybrid model, the start of the second semester in January. The courageous and determined parents didn't stop. Even after being shut down and ignored several times, they didn't stop after vicious personal attacks online and in public against them. They didn't stop even though a fight against a few corrupted board members, political extremists, and teachers unions might seem insurmountable. They sent letters. They persistently attended every school board meeting. They engaged local media and talk radio repeatedly until they agreed to cover the story. 
They pushed and pushed and pushed with good information. A growing group of parents with numbers and information. That is the key. These parents drafted a plan. A plan that should have been the responsibility of the board. If, if it weren't for those on it who have no business on it. And now these parents will work just as hard to make sure at least two of the four obstructionist board members are voted out in April. And replaced with community members who will actually care about the well-being of students instead of themselves. This community will take back the majority of their school board and in time take back the schools, removing the toxicity of politics and impulsive and short-sighted liberalism that has poisoned the honest education of our youth while also safeguarding their mental health. Folks, you can do this too. You can do it. This wasn't easy. It took effort. It took persistence and endurance. But you can do it. This community is now an example, a precedent that it can be done. And even our hyper-liberal governor in Wisconsin, Tony Evers, yesterday had to admit to the media covering the story about the Oak Creek schools, Governor Evers had to admit to them that there was a substantial amount of data suggesting that kids get back in schools and that it was the right idea and that students belonged in schools. Once the media pushed and turned, he had no more choice. Back in July, I recorded a two-part podcast uh, entitled Seizing Our Schools Part 1 and Part 2. Much of the tactical and process efforts I mentioned in those episodes were utilized in this fight in order to dig deep into the root cause of what was going on. And those same tactics will be used and they'll be used again successfully to oust the corrupted board members from this district board in April. Every single one of you out there can have the same impact in your area. Little by little, we can reverse the course of politics in our schools, which over time will restore a productive way of thinking across our great country. These parents in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, these brilliant, determined, courageous parents, deserve not only the thanks and praise of their community, but the thanks and praise of communities nationwide who face similar battles with their school boards. This is momentum. Learn from it and use from it, starting today. That is all I have for today. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a minute to share it with your friends and family. If you're an Apple and would leave a positive review, it'd be very appreciated. Feel free to follow and engage with me on Parlor. My handle is at the Tommy C Show. Friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action. We are doing that in communities. Let's start doing it more often. We the people have a proud history of doing just that. Thank you for listening to The Tommy C. Show, a podcast for truth, power, and action. Until next time, sapientia es potentia. Wisdom is power.